It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Seth Walder, who's ESPN sports analytics writer, has been good enough to jump on the line late at night in the US. Seth, hello to you. Hey, how are you? Good to talk to you. You too. Hey, um, what a phenomenal season we're having before, as I just said in the intro, every week a performance that you're not expecting uh, from a team, a performance from an individual that just blows your mind, uh, a highlight reel in the early stages eight weeks in, maybe uh, one of the best sort of uh, highlight reels to this stage of the season that we might have seen. It's just so good to watch at the minute. I want to start with Green Bay and the Cardinals. Green Bay often excuse, often criticised and maybe being a little bit fair-weather friend, uh, downhill skiers, not often uh, winning when the going gets tough, like a lead, like things going their way. They go with 11 starters out to Arizona and take on an undefeated Cardinals side who under Kyler Murray and with J.J. Watt back um, in defence playing uh, that MVP-style football that we haven't seen from him for about four years, being in and out of injury. Their receiving core is as good as any in the competition. They took them apart. It was a close game, so took them apart is probably not the right word, but the performance of Aaron Rodgers, the way he controlled the game, the way in which they toughed this game out, uh, it was as impressive a win as I can remember seeing from a side that we don't often associate these kind of wins with. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really impressive. I mean, I think it's hard to underestimate how big a factor Devontae Adams is to that offense because he's just such a singular receiving weapon for Rodgers. And it's like when you lose Devontae Adams all of a sudden, and, and not just Adams, right? They lose, lose Lazard too. It's like all of a sudden, and they're without Marquez Valdez-Scanling. So all of a sudden you're, you're elevating guys who are your number four receiver to be your number one and your number five to be your number two. Like that is a pretty dramatic drop off and and to do it against an Arizona team that has yeah exceeded expectations but they're playing incredibly well like we have a, a an efficiency metric basically which is just how you do on a play-by-play level and going into that game Arizona was uh, I believe they were number one in in the league so to do that shorthanded uh, in a short week to me it was very impressive by Green Bay what do you think happened with the last play where they've got a chance to win it. Um, the, the the play into the corner, Kyler Murray throws a peach of a ball to AJ Green. All he had to do was to be turning around. It would seem to me, and, and, and the thought has been, and, and the way it's been reported, that he must have thought it was a run play when it was actually a pass play. So he was actually blocking, not looking to receive, was he? Or how do you explain what happened there at the end? He had to have thought it was a run, but it's just... I like yeah I think that's the only reasonable explanation they had one timeout left 15 seconds on the clock and they're at the five so it's not impossible that they could have run the ball there like I guess that like that could make sense but 
it's just wild to have that kind of miscommunication happen right in that right in that spot, uh, like at the final play of the game there, and and a lot swings on that. It, it like that's the only explanation, just a, a miscommunication. I um I don't often get to say that the next biggest story. I don't have to th- actually think I've ever uttered the words. The biggest story of the day today was the New York Jets, unless the Jets have done something stupid, which more often than not they do. Uh, today though, this is a phenomenal performance. So Zach Wilson, where the jury's still out on whether actually he's going to be a franchise quarterback. He's thrown uh, going into this week. He's thrown the most interceptions in the league, alongside uh, weirdly uh, enough a, a guy that's uh, considered the the heir apparent to be. Uh, the best quarterback uh, in the league. Um, he's he's thrown the most interceptions in the competition. He's out with injury. And the man that steps up to, to take his place does something that since 1950 only one other quarterback has been able to do, and that's throw for over 400 yards on debut. And they get a win over a, a Bengals side that was 5-2 and two going into this game and had beaten really good teams and were starting to look really good under Joe Burrow on the on the rebound and on the rise in the rebuild. Um, what did you make of that Jets performance today? Because they brought out the trick plays. They brought out, you know, they brought out the fun stuff in front of a home stadium. They played like they had nothing to lose, and in the end, what a great win. They did. So there are a few things I think went really well for the Jets. The pass rush, I want to give their pass rush a shout-out because I feel like for years the Jets have had just a non-existent pass rush. And when they've had it, it's been from just from the interior and it's been, oh, just kind of okay. But they right now, despite the fact that they lost their big pass rush signing, Carl Lawson, this year, they have uh, Bryce Huff is doing work from the edge. They've got Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankin. Mm. Um, are are having really nice, really nice seasons, and that and that showed up again today. Um, and they're so they, they they they're getting pressure there. I think Mike White, like you mentioned, played played certainly played well for a guy making his debut. His volume was uh, incredible. Cam Newton, the other quarterback that, that had 400 yards in their debut, uh, so that's really. I mean, it has to be encouraging. What else? What else can you say? I'm going to throw a little cold water for a, for just a hot second here, which is that you know when we look at the, the entirety of the day for Mike White, uh, we have a stack called QBR. It's basically um, trying to measure on a per play basis how efficient a quarterback was, and it takes into account everything, right? Not just how well you pass, but also uh, whether you run or if you fumble. All of that goes in there. You know, Mike White had an okay day in QBR. It's not; it's a rate stat, so like his volume wasn't so it wasn't it, it, the fact that he had such high volume didn't like boost him up. But like, remember, he had he did throw two picks in there too. Like, it yeah. wasn't like a perfect performance by any measure. That being said, like that is a much better day than what Zach Wilson has been doing. I mean, Zach Wilson ranks 32nd out of 33 quarterbacks in QBR. We are like. What Mike White did in the very same offense was much better. And I'll be really interested to see in our projections going forward. They won't update until the morning. I think How it will rate Wilson, Wilson versus, uh, versus Mike White going forward. Go ahead. 
Yeah, sorry, uh, the line cut out. I actually thought you'd finished up uh, talking, so apologies oh. to jump in. Um, I think, yeah, the 82% completion rate was was impressive for me, despite the, the two picks. And I thought Michael Carter was fantastic uh, in the running game as well. And you mentioned Quantum Williams. That that sack uh, on a fourth down on Joe Burrow was, was crucial as well in order to get that win. Um, so it's, it, I think it's just a day that Jets fans are going to have to enjoy. And then if he can do it again, Mike White, and, and do, you know, what he did today, I think it's been since Vinny Testaverde that a Jets quarterback threw for over 400 yards. So if he can do it again, then, you know, maybe there is something, a question to be asked about how they go on forward uh, in that position. But it's a it's a nice day to be a long-suffering Jets fan anyway. Um, I want to ask you about the Colts uh, and the Titans, more so the Titans. Um, it, it might seem, and, and people aren't often as quick to praise the Titans, uh, Seth, because they rely a lot on Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill wasn't a success at Miami, but has made playoffs and won playoffs at the Titans. And yep, it's not as flashy and as pretty as some teams in the competition, but geez, it's effective and they're six and two now. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, they, they do have the benefit of playing in a very, very, very weak division. Mm. And their biggest challenger is the team they played today. And, and Carson Wentz, has this propensity to throw the game away. And if you watch the, the end of this Titans-Colts game, Carson Wentz has one of the most absurd decisions I've, I've ever seen a quarterback make where he, he's trying to throw a screen pass and he kind of just he gets rushed and he gets, he gets held and you think it's going to be a safety. And instead he just kind of loops the ball up and throws, a, throws like a two-yard pick six. Uh, and miraculously, that wasn't – how they ended up losing the game. But to me, I think that the Titans are in a great spot to take advantage of their situation. So uh, they are not one of the best teams. I think that your description was accurate. Like I, I think that they have a lot of good pieces. They are an above average team. But if you think about where their season could go, it has a lot more to do with their circumstance. Like if I'm, I'm looking at our, our, our ratings, the updated, not through, through the 4 PM game. Right. And we have the Titans as the 13th best team in football, uh, but they have a incredibly high chance to, you know, make the playoffs, win the division. Like I, I think a 98% chance to win the division, despite being the 13th best team in football, that is a really fortunate position to be in. And it means that they just, are, they have a lot more room for error going forward. I don't think, are they a Super Bowl championship team? I doubt it, but they put themselves in the mix because they all they have to contend with are the Colts and the Jaguars and the Texans. Uh, we're speaking to Seth Wilder, ESPN Sports Analytics writer, uh, speaking about week eight of uh, this NFL season. So much hype uh, around the Cleveland Browns coming in to this season, Seth. Um, that, that Really, it seemed that the only weakness for them, was at quarterback with Baker Mayfield. And that's not a criticism of Baker. It's just they were so good. Their offensive line um, is one of the best, if not the best, in the competition. They've got a great receiving core, running backs, defense is fantastic. But they're in a bit of, they're in a spot of bother. They're four and four at the moment, and they go down to a Steelers side that people had said are really just making up the numbers this year. And Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been the big Ben that we've come to know and love probably for about the last four years, but his record against them... Uh, 24-2-1 in regular season games continues. He owns the Cleveland Browns, and they were owned today in a low-scoring one. But you've got to be worried about the Browns now. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think this wasn't like the most shocking result, right, of the day. The Jets, the Jets winning was that. But to me, 
the, the game that like shook my priors, like the game that, that made me think differently about teams was this Steelers Browns game, because I had as high hopes for the Browns as anyone. I, mm. I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl in the preseason. I mean, I really thought that Cleveland was set up to be so successful. And I'm glad you mentioned their offensive line. This is the thing that's stunning to me. We have a, we have a metric called pass block win rate, basically measuring how often you, pro, you pro, protect your quarterback through the first two and a half seconds of a play. The Browns, had a great pass block win rate today. The Steelers had a terrible pass block win rate today. That is a metric that tends to correlate pretty heavily with wins and losses, and yet somehow Cleveland could not get their offense going. And that, to me, is is pretty mind-blowing when you get that kind of protection um, and you have receivers in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham who should be good. I didn't, I'm not sure, you know, from what I saw today, they didn't, it didn't look particularly great. Uh, but yeah, I think that's really tough when you get that kind of help and you can't get the offense going. So, so Seth, that means that they've got a really big decision at the end of this year because Baker comes off his rookie deal. Yep. So they're not paying him very much at the moment, which means that they can afford to go out and buy all these guns in other positions, but they're going to have to make a decision. Do we pay him like a franchise quarterback after this year or do we have to move off him? Um, it's a it's a massive head scratcher for them at the moment because he's very good when they've got a lead. He's very good when things are going their way. He's won a, a playoff game with them last year. But you've just spoken about a a statistic that should have them winning and winning comfortably, but he can't even outgun a, a, an aging um, and nowhere near what he used to be, Ben Roethlisberger. Despite getting every advantage in terms of time to throw the football, it's it's a massive concern. I could not agree more. He ranks 26th in QBR right now. I mean, when you're getting that kind of protection, that kind of support, you can't be performing that poorly. And I understand he's banged up, of course, right now, right? Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a guarantee earlier this week that he was even going to play today. Uh, so that maybe that's a little bit of a factor. But, yeah, when you end up – if they ended up paying him, like, a huge money deal, that – that does take up resources that they can't spend in other places. And so, yeah, they will have to be really careful about the contract they hand out there. Tom Brady showed us he's human today, and um, the Buccaneers go to 6-2, and two, the loss to the Saints. And he, his record against the Saints isn't great, and it, more impressive for the Saints, even though it was how good they were defensively, but the fact that they lost Jameis Winston um, early in this game, um, and they went to Trevor Simeon, who was uh, used to be a starter with the Denver Broncos, but uh, Brady, the three turnovers, um, was a concern. Um, the Buccaneers now uh, dropping a game that you probably would have expected them um to 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 it's a game you would have expected them to win. Um, do you have any concerns about Tampa Bay, or don't don't worry too much at this time of the year? I'm not really worried about Tampa Bay for two reasons. Number one, New Orleans is good. Okay, like I think that they have been underrated this entire time. Uh, they have played like our our football power index has been really high on them relative we had them as the ninth best team going into today so they're a home team ninth best team i didn't think that this was uh it's not that much of a concern to lose them the other thing is i think they're kind of a bad matchup for tampa bay new orleans plays they play a ton of two-man coverage which basically man coverage two deep safeties uh and so what you're doing there is you can take away the deep passes and like tampa bay's entire offense 
or well, it's not in the entire offense, but Tampa Bay's offense really does thrive on those vertical routes. And so I think that you're that New Orleans, just the style of play they have does limit limit Tampa Bay to some degree. I'm not worried about the Bucks. I think they are at this point one of the probably two best teams in football, top two chance to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I wouldn't be concerned about Tampa. The one thing I do want to point out, though, is now Tom Brady has more more touchdown passes in his 40s than he did in his 20s. This I've said this a few times, and, 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 and I, again, I, it's something I've probably stolen from Colin Cowherd, and I put my hand up and say that. But this story of Tom Brady is almost, if you, if you told it to someone who knew nothing about the NFL and nothing about sport, they wouldn't believe you. They actually wouldn't believe you, the whole story of Tom Brady. He's essentially had three careers in one, the greatest to ever do it. Uh, but to, to do that in his 40s uh, and to be better now than he was in his 20s when he was winning Super Bowls as well, this is we, we, maybe and there's people that don't, don't like Tom and, you know, whatever. And, but we have to now probably sit back and go, how lucky are we to see this? It, it makes no sense. Like, what what kind of analysis can you provide? Because it's like, you, you, there's no comparison. Uh, there's no, is there a reason? He's 44. I mean, I, I like, I think it, it is it is absurd that he is continuing to play at this level, and 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 like I'm thinking about how the other night he comes on our Manning Cast broadcast, like the, our alternate Monday Night Football broadcast. And he's talking with Eli Manning, who's four years younger than him. Yeah, it was know, great. And, and retired and and doing and doing and doing TV. And here's Tom Brady, like still in the throes of another potential Super Bowl run. It's 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 just crazy uh, to to think. I, I have no I have no words because he just keeps going. Uh we, we probably don't have time to go through every single game, Seth, but of the teams that you've seen so far, and we're almost halfway through the season, obviously an extra week uh, in, the, in the regular season now is one of the new adjustments that have been made coming into this year. The NFL always looking to, to tinker and always looking to improve and, and, and put up a better product. Who's the team that's impressed you the most at the moment? I think it has to be Buffalo. Not necessarily what they did today. I felt like you know they really led Miami... Uh, hang around today so it isn't about week eight but Buffalo what they've done this season has been really impressive and I don't think that they've really reached their ceiling yet which is kind of crazy because frankly their offense has has in my opinion not lived up to expectations the the difference has been that their defense has been incredible and I think to me what speaks such volumes about Buffalo's defense I'm going to use an old stat here this is maybe two weeks old so Forgive me, but like if you took away their interceptions and fumbles, uh, if you if you take that away from every team, Buffalo still has one of the best or the best defenses in football. So it's not just that they're turnover reliant. Like this this is a really good defense uh, that has been limiting opponents, and that does give Josh Allen a little bit of buffer. I think if we get you know. Josh Allen has not played like 2020 Josh Allen. If he does, then there's, there is even more from Buffalo. I think that Buffalo is the team to beat in the NFL right now. Rams 7-1, and one, are you a believer in this partnership of Sean McVay um, and Matt Stafford? Oh, how could you not be? I mean, I think what, what is happening there in, in L.A., Firstly, it's really quite the advertisement for Sean McVay and his, his coaching abilities. But, like, 
if we think about Matthew Stafford is leading the league in QBR. He's literally number one, and it's not even close. Uh, and then you have Jared Goff ranks 30th. So we're talking about just a tremendous stratification between their quarterback from last season and their quarterback from this year. I think the Rams are absolutely a major Super Bowl contender. I would say, like I would put it, Bills, this is, this is how our rankings have it after the 4 p.m. games going forward. These are predicted metrics. Bills one, Bucks two, Rams three. I think that is absolutely right. One, two, three right there. All three of them are legitimate Super Bowl deep playoff run contenders. Uh, it's been great chatting to you, Seth. I mean, we haven't had a chance to even go through Patriots and Chargers. That win for the Patriots today. Justin Herbert. Uh, who I love, a little shine coming off perhaps, a couple of important picks uh, that he threw today might have cost them the game. And the Cowboys winning without Dak Prescott, really impressive too. They go 6-1. and one. But it leaves us plenty to chat about next time, mate. Thank you so much for, for jumping on with us, and we'll speak to you again soon. Sounds good. Always happy to talk to football fans around the world. Love it. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.